Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. The scripture says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning and do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom and get understanding. Do not forget my words nor turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes as we still are entertaining the presence of the Lord, the pursuit of wisdom. Uh, guys, I've got a ring on this lapel mic up here. Uh, so if you can take me down uh, considerably, please, it would be good. Recently, I saw a post on social media. That post said that you have just been given $10,000 to spend in any one store. Where are you going to spend it? My thoughts began to work, and they didn't really work too long. My knee-jerk reaction was, I would spend them at the Harley shop. Don't get me wrong. God has blessed Sarah and I. We've been blessed in so many ways, undeserving ways. But I've really never had anybody offer me $10,000 before uh, with no strings attached and so I, I don't know how I would really respond. But what happened is God just offers to Solomon an opportunity that far exceeds $10,000 or any other amount of money as far as that's concerned. Solomon could have had anything that he asked for, but his choice was discerning wisdom. And you can find that in First Kings chapter 3 in verse number 9. Uh, Solomon could have had anything at all, but he didn't specifically name wisdom, but but in essence that is the word, that is the descriptive term of what he chose from God. Now, I want to preach to you this morning, ask the ex- ex- expert in the pursuit of wisdom. So Solomon had a wisdom that was imparted to him through and by the working of God, through and by the Holy Spirit. This morning I want to outline to you that there are three different kinds of wisdom. The first kind of wisdom that we find in Scripture is devilish. When we read James chapter 3 and verses 14 uh, and 15 or 13 through 15, he says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts... Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So there's a devilish wisdom. There's a devilish wisdom that the Bible talks about. But then secondly, there is an earthly wisdom. Now I look in here and I, I, as I look across this room, I see a few gray hairs. There's a few hairs that should be gray. They're probably not gray, though, loving Miss Clara. There's some in here that probably would have gray hairs. 
if they just simply let them grow out like yours truly. But through time, we do acquire earthly wisdom. Ezekiel spoke to earthly wisdom. He said, by your wisdom and understanding, you have gained wealth for yourself and you have amassed gold and silver in your treasuries. Life is an education is what my father-in-law says very often. And through that education, it's, education is learning experience. And many of us have gained wisdom. I wish I'd have known uh, 30 or 40 years ago some of the things I know now. Or I wish I had listened to some of those people that had 30 or 40 age of wisdom and tried to tell me things then that uh, I wasn't willing to listen to because I considered them an old fogey, not knowing a whole lot. But then there's that heavenly wisdom. Now, heavenly wisdom, we find again James chapter 3, but that wisdom comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Paul wrote about that heavenly wisdom in his letter to first uh, to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time again. Understand with me this morning. Solomon was imparted a heavenly wisdom. Wisdom is not necessarily knowledge. Sometimes we get that confused. Sometimes we maybe just simply don't understand the difference. Knowledge is good and knowledge has its place. But have you ever met somebody, and uh, I've heard this phrase so much down through my life, I have heard some people use the phrase, an educated fool. Have you ever heard somebody, have you ever known somebody that maybe held a high degree of education, and I'm not knocking education, don't get me wrong, I think education is fantastic, I think it's all well and good, but have you ever known somebody that was tremendously educated but had no common sense at all? It's one thing to be educated, but then it's another thing to be able to apply that education. Education is synonymous in many ways with knowledge. And there's a lot of times that we have knowledge, but wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge that we have. So therefore, it is not merely knowledge in itself, but it's the ability or the uh, anointing, if you would, to apply the knowledge that we have. Now, the scripture tells us that We should study the Word of God to show ourselves approved to God. I think it's very important that we understand. That's why it's so so all important that we read the Scripture, that we study the Scripture, that we, we, we come to church and we're discipled and we're taught and we use other means, means of being taught and educated and learning the Word of God. But then we find ourselves that we need wisdom in applying that knowledge. Knowledge, in fact, is the work of wisdom. Solomon's lessons to gain wisdom are are pretty easy, actually. Uh, Wisdom is that ability to put knowledge to work. But then we find that the three ways to gain wisdom, Paul, or excuse me, that Solomon instructs us in. The first one is to learn to listen. You know, sometimes we hear God, but we don't listen. 
Sometimes we read the scripture, but we don't apply it to our heart. Yeah, it's always easy. Sarah and I read a marquee. We were out in Pigeon Forge uh, uh, back in the summer, and we went by that uh, concrete place, Blaylocks, I think it is. And and the, that 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 marquee on that sign says it something along the lines: "It's only funny when it's happening to somebody else." You know, when we read scripture and we hear preaching, oftentimes we love to say, boy, he's getting on old so-and-so now, isn't he? Boy, I read the word and it reminded me of old sister so-and-so or it reminded me of old brother so-and-so. Boy, that word was tearing them up, wasn't it? But it's when we allow the, we route the word and the, that's spoken or read to speak to our hearts. We learn to listen. How do we learn to listen? We learn to listen one way is by our heritage. Uh, you know, we, Sarah and I, I think we, we, it was this morning actually, as we were driving, we were, we, we were discussing this and talking about this. Do you know what people, we we inherit we inherit not just when our parents have passed on but we inherit throughout our life we don't only inherit from our parents that is the major that is the major parties that we inherit from but we inherit from others do you know whatever we sow in life that's what we'll reap according to scripture and right now what we are doing what we are saying is is going to impact as long as the Lord tarries is coming the future generation it, it, it's whatever you sow in front of your kids, whatever I sow in front of my son, and we, whatever we sow in front of our grandkids, that is what's going to impact their life. You know, and, and many of us in this room, we have tremendously powerful and strong heritages. We have godly moms and dads that have preceded us. If it's not our moms and dads, we have had godly men and women that have preceded us, godly pastors, Godly Sunday school teachers. And we need to learn to listen. Even though they may have gone on, we listen to that heritage that is before us. And then in verse 4, if you would, Solomon allows us to see that we need to listen to training. Training, mentoring, if you would. You know, I, I told somebody the other day and the Holy Spirit checked me. I told somebody the other day, I said, uh, you know, we were talking about the whole process of mentoring. And I said, you know, I, I said, I'm, a, I said, I'm getting, getting on up in the years now, you know, and the you know, 60s, the new 40. And, you know, so I, it doesn't sound too bad when you think of it in that line, along that line. But the truth of the matter is, I, what I said was, I'm getting too old to be mentored now. I'm getting too old to, 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 uh, you know, not that I'm not teachable. But I just said, I'm getting too old, so old and it, it, there's no point in investing time in me and somebody imparting wisdom and knowledge into me. But the Holy Spirit checked me in that moment and made me realize that you never get too old to learn. You never get too old to be taught and you never get too old to grow in Christ Jesus. And if we can allow ourselves to be teachable and learnable and we can grow and be taught by others, they may even be our junior, or and they'll let the word of God train us and teach us. And then Solomon also mentioned in verse seven, investing all that we have. 
Investing all that we have. You know, that's, that's big. That's, and of course, when we read something like that, that word invest automatically brings dollar signs up into our eyes. We begin to think about that in terms of finances, and certainly finances are, are, are come into play, and, and I appreciate the generosity and the giving of this church, but there's more to be invested. You know, sometimes people that are blessed financially, they'll let financial blessing uh, sort of compensate for their lack of participating in kingdom purpose physically. Well, I can't be there, but I'll just give money. Uh, I can't get out and witness to people, but I'll just give them more an offering so somebody else can witness to people. You see, something we need to learn to invest everything that we have. So as we gain, as we, as we gain wisdom, we learn to listen. And as we learn to listen, we're taught wisdom. Then, Alicia, you got all over the message again this morning. You do that every Sunday morning, Alicia. Thank God that you do. Be intentional in your surroundings. You and I, every single one of us in this room, every single person watching uh, by streaming or listening by EV radio this morning, we need to be intentional about our surroundings. You see, in verses 10 through 13, Solomon instructs us, if we would, to, to pursue those that are deemed wise. If you want, if you want to gain godly wisdom, you surround yourself with some people that are full of godly wisdom. You want to, you want to grow in God, you put, you put yourself in the midst of people that are growing in God. Now, does that work in reverse? Of course it does. There's sometimes that you can be the teacher. There's sometimes that you can be the mentor. But, but at the same time, you also, you and I, we need to find ourselves in, in the midst of people that are wise and can impart into us. And as we're intentional about our surroundings, we also avoid associating with evil. Avoid the path, he said. Stay off the path. Avoid the highway, Solomon said. Avoid those. And I'm not saying that you take on some self-righteous attitude. I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't rub elbows with the sinner because I think we should. That's what Jesus did. But what I'm saying in those intimate, those, those close relationships, those close friendships, the people that speak into our life, that we choose the right path and the right people, and we find ourselves in surroundings that will cause us to grow spiritually. Then thirdly, Solomon tells us to establish and maintain disciplines. If you read on down, we didn't read all this in the text, but if you read down verse 23, he says, protect your heart. Verse 23, he talks about protecting our hearts. And, and he's not talking about your cardio heart. He's talking about our heart, the heart of our soul. And then he, he talks about in verse 24 about controlling our talk. Life and death. The power of life and death lies within our tongue. 
and we begin, we control our talk as we, we control our talk and we control what we speak. And then in verse 25, he speaks of fixing our eyes, having our eyes cast upon the kingdom of God, the things of the Lord. And then verse 26 and verse 27, he speaks of finding solid footing. Know where you stand. Be confident on where you stand. Be confident that you have a place in God. In verse 27, he says avoid. He teaches us a lesson of avoid swerving in and out of traffic. You know, you know, uh, I'm on 77 and 81 a whole lot. And if you, if you, if your prayer life is lacking, I will encourage you if your prayer life is lacking or if you need to develop patience in your life, get in your car and make a regular practice of driving I-77 or I-81 and all of a sudden your prayer life is going to increase and your patience will increase. Promise you. One of the things that bugs me, uh, two things bug me. Number one is the people that ride in the left lane for miles and miles and miles and only run 65 mile an hour at the best. If that's you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus right now. Okay? But then it's those that swerve in and out. Now sometimes it's because the person is riding the left lane and they're in and out, they're in and out. And sometimes we had a truck this morning in front of us. Sarah said, he don't know where he's going, does he? I said, I don't think he does. And sometimes if, if as believers, we're so swerving, we're swerving in and out, we're looking, we're searching, we're hunting, we're pecking, when all the time, right in front of us, there's the answer, the answer, and we sang about Him, and we worshiped His name this morning, and it's that name of Jesus, it's that name of Jesus, what a beautiful name it is, what a lovely name it is, what an all-sufficient name it is, and yet we find ourselves dodging and skirting, swerving in and out, but if we can establish and maintain spiritual disciplines that we cast all of our cares on the Lord and let Him take care of our life, then we're finding ourselves entering into some of Solomon's lessons of wisdom. Don't be alarmed. I'm going to shorten this up this morning. So we ask the expert. Solomon is the expert. Solomon is the Solomon knew more. Solomon was given more wisdom than than perhaps anybody on the face of the earth. But you know what? Even in that, Solomon goofed up. You go you go and you read Ecclesiastes, especially the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, and and you find Solomon says, "Man, everything is vanity of vanities." He said, and Solomon Solomon really messed up some parts of his life, even though he had godly wisdom. But, but we find that, that he writes to us in Proverbs 3 and 14 uh, concerning wisdom. He said, blessed are those who find wisdom. Blessed are those who find wisdom. Wisdom must be sought for. It's just not going to be dropped on you. It's just not going to fall out of the sky on you. He said, blessed are those who find wisdom. Those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Wow. Have you heard any of those commercials lately about invest in silver? Invest in gold? The financial system may collapse. 
you know, invest in gold and silver while you can. It's considered secure. It's considered well. It's considered good. But Solomon says you can invest in wisdom and understanding and it brings far greater return than silver and gold brings. Let's read on what he says here. He says if you is more profitable than silver, yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. You see, what Solomon brings it down to is that, that wisdom must be pursued. We must pursue wisdom. That is, that is our choice. You know, I, I, I read, was reading a book I was reading just recently, or an article, yeah, I think it was, and it, it spoke about how that God can do anything He wants. God can fix anything that needs to be fixed. God can change any person that needs to be changing. God can do all things. God can do everything. God can do anything. What God could have stopped uh, he could have stopped Satan in his tracks from uh, from tempting Adam and Eve. He could have stopped Adam from falling to Eve's temptation. He could have stopped Eve from falling to the to Satan's temptation. But God did not do that. God gave choices. God still gives choices. You see, if He didn't give choices, then we wouldn't have a self will, and we would we would be worship Him, not really worship Him at all. We would just be serving Him out of mandate. But we worship. Worship Him out of free choice. We worship Him out of free will. Therefore, we find that wisdom comes into that same type of experience because He said wisdom must be sought after. Wisdom must be pursued. When you find wisdom, it's better than anything that you could get. It's better than silver. It's better than gold. It's better than rubies. But He says, but she is a tree of life to those that take hold of her. If I said, "Hey, Heath, I want to give you, uh, I want to give you some money here. I want to give you some money," and I I hand it out to him. I want to help you out, Heath. Five dollars. I want to buy one gallon of diesel for your near Dodge. A year ago, it was about two gallons, but that's beside the point. I hand it out to him, but if he if he if he never takes hold of it, you know what? It's never going to do him any good. It's never going to be his. I can say, "Here it is. It's yours," but it's not going to be yours until you take it. It's not going to be yours till you latch hold on it. But when he takes it, when he when he grabs it and he takes hold on, I love you, but I ain't gonna give you five dollars. <laughs> When, when he when he grabs hold of it, when he takes it, then he takes ownership of it. Then it's his. Then he benefits from it. You see, God has given us wisdom. He's provided us wisdom. He's provided us with 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 righteous knowledge. He's provided us with all of these things. He's given them to us, but we must take hold of it. How do we take hold of it? Again, we go back to those those things that I shared with you in the beginning of this message. We go back to listen. 
be intentional and establish and maintain disciplines in our life as we go grab hold of God and the things of God and we go forward in wisdom. God is going to bless us. Does it mean that we're going to be rich? Does it mean that you're going to have that brand new heart? Oh my goodness. I went to the Harley shop yesterday. That's a Saturday ritual for me. And uh, I went to the Harley shop yesterday. They had a brand new blue and white with a big USA number one street light. Only 400 of them made and the Wiffle store has number four out of 400. You can buy that thing for a mere $42,000. My birthday's coming up. <laughs> no, she's not going to do that. I can promise you that. But here's the thing about it. It doesn't say that God, it doesn't say that if I pursue wisdom, He's going to give me that USA 1, number 4, street God. But what it does say to me is if I will seek the wisdom of God, then in my life, everything will fall into the ordinance that God has created for my life. He will bless me according to His will and His purpose for my life. And if I will walk in wisdom and I will live in that wisdom, that God will bless me and He will keep me and He will watch out over me all the days of my life. And then as David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So spiritual wisdom. Y'all can come on. Spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom is a wisdom that will please the Lord. Devilish wisdom produces destruction. Earthly wisdom is not lagging far behind. Devilish wisdom. But spiritual wisdom pleases the Lord. Take it from these experts, both David and Solomon, writings that they both said, both David and, and his son, they both said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That being godly wisdom, of course. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They said the fear of the Lord... When they say that word, the fear of the Lord, that depicts more than just a knowledge of God or an acknowledgement that He exists. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have a problem acknowledging that God exists. You ever heard that saying that there's no atheist in a foxhole? You see, it's not hard for people to to say, yeah, I believe God exists, but, but we're, I'm talking about that intimacy. I'm talking about that intimate relationship. It's more than this, yeah, I know God exists. It's about that intimate, intimate relationship with Jesus. And I said this earlier this morning. Jesus, the one and only way to the Father. Jesus, the only name whereby we can and will be saved. That's the beginning of wisdom in our lives. That's the beginning of wisdom in every situation that you and I can face. That's the beginning of wisdom in every circumstance. And uh, I, I'm sure we we don't know it, so I'm not going to ask them to try to sing it. But I, and I don't. This this is in the early days of contemporary worship music. That give it all, give it all. Give it all to Jesus. Y'all remember that? When we give it all to Jesus. And our earthly wisdom is lacking. 
And devilish wisdom is no good to us. See, devilish wisdom right now, devilish wisdom is the demise of this world that we live in. We can talk about leaders and we can vote parties and we can vote leaders and we can do all this stuff. And, and you know, Virginia's got a critical election coming up in just three or four days from now. But you know what? But even that, that's all that, that, that wisdom at the best, at the best is this earthly wisdom. In most cases, and many times it's devilish wisdom. And I'll do my share of campaigning. I'm not going to joke you. I'm not going to hide that. I think we as people ought to vote our Christian values. But let me tell you what. More important, more important than, than, than anything is God. We seek your wisdom. We seek the wisdom of Jesus Christ over this nation that we live in. You may have some decisions ahead of you. Some of you in this room, you may have some important decisions ahead of you. They could, they could be financial. They could be health. They could be business related. They could, they could be relationships. You've got important decisions among you. But let me tell you something. You may have, you may have, be, you may be old and gray. You may have love and Miss Clara all over your head. But let me tell you this. Earthly wisdom is good, and I'm glad you've earned it, glad you've gained it, and I'm, and it's valuable. Don't misunderstand me. But when it comes down to the decisions that we make in life, we need godly wisdom. We need to know what God chooses for our life. Cause, and we, 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 again, I, Alicia, she just leads us in these conversations every week, and we get all, we get all over on my message. But the most important thing in my life is what God wants for my life. Because you know what? This world that we're living in right now, at the very best, is temporary circumstances. Miss Eunice, I think, is the oldest one in the room this morning. And she's got a birthday coming up pretty soon too, don't you? Two months. And she'll still be the oldest one in the church. But she's one of the prettiest ones, don't y'all think so? Can I tell? Ninety. Ninety-one. Faye's back here doing this. She's helping me. Sarah's doing that. She'll be ninety-one. She looks sixty, don't she? Sixty-five. And she's got all kind of wisdom. You can tell by looking at her. But out of all the wisdom that she's acquired through life, there's no wisdom that compares to the wisdom of Jesus Christ. You could go ask her. You may be up against decisions in your life. You may be like, as I've already said, it may be health. It could be business. It could be relationship. It could be uh, financial. It could be all kinds of things. And you may go ask Miss Eunice, and she may have expertise in one of those fields. But let me tell you what, her wisdom does not compare with the wisdom of God when we seek His face. If you're in this room this morning, I want you to know that wisdom is only going to start 
seek Jesus Christ. If you're here and you're not saved, no ill regard to you because I was one too before I gave my heart and life to Jesus. But if you're in this room or if you're watching or if you're listening and you're not saved, you've never given to Jesus, then you're living as a fool. You're living as a fool. According to the scripture, fools will not prosper. At least not any length of time. You ever heard that old saying, a fool and his money will part? If you're if you're in this room or you're watching or listening and, and you're not saved, your your first your first ambition should be, I need wisdom in knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And then beyond that, whatever else is going on in your life, pursue Jesus, pursue Christ. Allow Him to minister in your life. For two weeks, the Lord's been dealing with my spirit. My people need wisdom. My people need wisdom. So I'm telling you just what He's told me. I'm sharing with you what He shared with me. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all the other things will be added to you. To me. Seek God's wisdom. I want you to bow your heads with With heads bowed and eyes closed, and what a wonderful, marvelous time of worship in the presence of the Lord have we enjoyed in this room this morning. But if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're like I was a long time ago. You're living the life of a fool. I was foolish. But then one day I came to Jesus. And his wisdom began to be imparted into my life. If you're in this room this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he wants to make you wise. He wants to save you. He's already redeemed you. He just needs you to surrender to him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask in this room, is there one person in this room? Or two people, or three people perhaps, that would say, Pastor... I need to give my heart and my life to Jesus this morning. Is there one? Is there one? Or is there one in this room that would just say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus once again. I've known Him, but I've drifted far away. Is there one in this room?